G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello everybody and welcome to the show, made possible by our friends at Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. Today we're joined by two men involved in one of the greatest finals in VFL-AFL history. Geelong's Liam Pickering and North Melbourne's David King locked horns in a 1994 preliminary final, a Cats Roos cliffhanger that is etched into footy folklore. For North Melbourne, it is painfully remembered as the one that got away. And for Geelong, it was an exhilarating triumph for a club familiar at the time with its own September heartache. 28 years later and on the eve of another prelim final weekend, we thought we'd go down memory lane to revive a classic. Kingy, Pickers, welcome and thanks for joining us. Good to be here, Sam. G'day, Kingy. Not sure why I'm here, to be honest. Uh, Pickers, 22 touches, two goals, uh, self-proclaimed best on ground. <laughs> I spent most of the day chasing us and sitting on the pine, had five touches. Why am I here, Sam? <laughs> well, we'll revisit all that in a moment. You just played the, your role. Just the five touches. I know. Pickers. When you're going to cut the highlights in, I mean, I'm not sure there's going to be too many of those five touches. <laughs> it's very hard to put standing on the mark. Because I highlight it. Let's set the scene here, though, because you both played in similar eras, as we know. Pickers, you started at North Melbourne, where the old man had played, of course, yep. and in '89 as a sprightly on baller from Stall. Not a, no, I can't. Yeah, I was sprightly. Actually, I was actually drafted as, a, as a, I was playing centre forward for Stall. Really? Centre forward. Yeah, yeah I was a bit forward. small, 184 centimetre centre forward. I was quite tall back then compared to the others. <laughs> they were, well, they were pretty short. The sort rest of, of them growth issues out there. Right? Well, well, 184's never been uh, quite tall. Well, it, is, it is if you've got a whole heap of blokes that think they're six footers and they're. Five eight, <laughs> and then King, the Kingy, you went from Assumption to Port Melbourne in the VFL. You were juggling work in the timber yard at Bowens, weren't yes. you? When uh, North Melbourne swooped with pick twenty two in the ninety three draft. Was, oh, you were twenty two. Pick came 22. later. Yeah, no, I was in the forty somewhere. Yeah. But um, I was just saying off air to the boys. I worked across the road because effectively, but I was a sales rep, so yeah, I was I out, where, out on I the know road. Where you are. And Dennis used to say, "Listen, son, we've only had two extra sessions over here this week. They go for twenty minutes each. You work thirty yards from the joint, and you're the only one that doesn't make it." <laughs> I said, "Dennis, I could be anywhere, mate. Relax." <laughs> so well, I must have just missed you because yeah. uh, I, I left North. I got moved on at the end of '92. Yes. Moved on, not, yeah. the, not yes. for cash. Hey, Kingy, this not is for, where the player manager stuff started. <laughs> not for cash, but in fact, for along with Lee Tudor and Darren Steele for pick one twenty-five. That was what they got in return, North. And then you obviously came that year. What year was that for pick what? No, that was it was one hundred and twenty-five. We were for four for three of us. Just, North, just... North gave up me, Steely, and Lee Tudor. And pick 125 <laughs> in return. They got Mar- they redrafted Marty Christensen. Okay, but so you go down the hallway to the Cats, right? And you joined Geelong before the 93 season, correct? So yeah. Cats had lost 89, of course, lost 91 prelim, 92 grand final, and then you walk in. What what sort of environment did you encounter when you got in there? Was the club... It was different because I was coming in from a background of 22 games in five years for North, so I'm no world beater. And I was also playing cricket at that time, so I didn't uh, take too much... I mean, I didn't really get to meet the boys in the pre-season because I was playing, you know, doing the state squad stuff. So I didn't really attend all the sessions. So it took me a while to really get to know them outside of Tim McGrath, who I played with at North, Steely and Lurker. I didn't really know too many others. It wasn't like there were some big players down there either. I mean, Gary Ablett Senior, Billy Brownless, Gary Hocking, Mark Bairstow, Paul Couch, the list goes on and on. Yeah, there were some reasonable (laughs) names, yeah. But, you know, I'd left a a pretty close group of mates. 
mates, like, you know, the North boys, that Kingy yeah. came in the following year, but all those guys were my mates, Longmire and Rock and, yeah, Stevens and Archer, and, and these guys were my mates. So it sort of went into a different environment. So, Kingy... Just to put some facts to Pickers' story, you were traded for pick 123. There's only ever been one pick deeper than that in the history of the draft. There you go. 123, was it? <laughs> one, there's only been one pick 124 in the whole draft's history. And, and who was that? That was... Reese Palmer? Recently. Braden Lyle. There you go. So there you go. So it was deep. It was deep. deep. So can you say they didn't value us. <laughs> you're, you're selling the timber when you get to the Kangas before the 94 season. Now, they were they were belted in a 93 elimination final, and that was the club's first taste of finals, I think, in six years. But a bloke named Dennis Pagan had 12 months earlier, or had 12 months under the belt of senior coach when you stroll in. So what were your first impressions of North Melbourne and, and Uncle Dennis, as he became fondly known? Well, Pickers will know that the group that he just left, they're all young. They're all 20, 21-year-old. They were going to be superstar players. 1993 was a breakout year for all of them. Them. They were pretty much in the top, I think, four or five teams for the whole year. It was their first real boost up the ladder. They all got injured on, on the eve of the finals. I think John Longmire did a hammy. Mm. Wayne did the same. Wayne Swass had issues. So that 94 was meant to be the year. So you just knew you were walking into an opportunity. That's that's probably it. It was a great bunch of guys. They mixed heavily. No one went anywhere alone. So you felt part of everything they did. It was 40 people, 40 players were invited. And he didn't go to everything, but there was always an opportunity to be part of the group, whatever they did. So it was a special place. But would Port Melbourne have had better facilities? Better facilities. Well, the, I always say the weights, the weights bench press, as you lifted the bench, <laughs> the floor would go down. So you never really knew what you were lifting. You just knew how far down you went. But it was, it was, it was its own setup. It was it, it its was. own features. And know? it was the thing that I, about North that I loved at the time is we didn't know any different. I thought walking into Geelong, wow, what about the setup down here? But you, you ask the Geelong blokes, oh, this joint, we need a, this needs mm. a refurb. I'm thinking, you go where I've just come from. <laughs> go and have a look at Arden Street. Go and training in the old north. needs a furb. <laughs> so you both took different paths to the prelim throughout 94. And Kingy, you were involved in the first ever oh, AFL finals back. match in an extra I've time. Here we go. The I've qualifying final. Hey, you had your chance, Kingy. That's why I'm here. Famous one against Hawthorne at Waverley, which you won by 23 points ultimately. <laughs> kick the only three goals of additional time. But I want to take you to the end of regulation time. 15 seconds left, <laughs> scores level. Kingy, you've got it, yeah, but you right. don't move it on. In fact, you, you turn your back on play yeah. as the siren goes, and Dennis is losing his marbles on the bench, saying, why wouldn't you pump it inside 50, young fella? In towards centre-half forward, King. Pritchard on the mark. We've got 10 seconds left. Eight, six. King, you must get the football onto your boot, because if he can't get the distance from here... We have extra time. And look at Dennis Pagan. He is just so disappointed that the boy didn't get the ball out of his boot a little quicker. But you have a shot after the sign. How far? It looks like 80 metres out, this kick. Yeah, the, the old camera angles give you a bit of, oh. bit of love, I think. His kick. He's got onto it. It is a big, big kick. But it's rebounded, so we've got extra time in the qualifying final. But um, you did kick it a long Dennis way. Dennis went crazy. That went a mile. The ball, tell, though. Tell, tell me why, Sam. We got the best player in the land. <laughs> why you wouldn't just get it into him? What, what? Did he move on quickly, though? Yeah, it took him about I think six and a half months. <laughs> he just he relived the same moment at training. I reckon six times the next week, which is really demoralising in front of the group. <laughs> kick it, son. Kick it. But um, the, the, it's sort of funny. Like we tell these stories, right? But there's thirty or forty other guys that know that at some point that's going to be them. You know, at the front of the group. So everyone laughs about it, and they know that you're. Hurting a bit, so it's a, it's a funny feeling. It's an awkward feeling at footy clubs when that's happening. Pickers, you would have been there yourself, but Dennis had a way of he had a way of turning the group into belittling you, not Dennis. Yeah, but he just he just frame it. 
he just set it up. He just put you on the pedestal and let everyone else just rip you apart. <laughs> that was a dramatic game in its own right. That uh, deserves its own episode. But Pickers, at the same venue at Waverley, you had that famous outing in the semi against the Blues. You had no love going into it. You were missing your entire midfield setup apart from yourself. No Bearstow, no Couch, no Gary Hocking. Mick Mansfield didn't play. I don't think Barry Stoneham played no, either. No, didn't play all year, that year. And oh, you, no, he was injured. He got injured he halfway injured? through. Halfway through, yeah. And you, just, and you turned it on. It was a great win. Yeah, against some of the premiership favourites. It was the following week, actually. I think we were playing Bulldogs that first week of the finals, but it was the following week we played the we yep. played the Blues before the prelim, obviously. And yeah, no one expected us to win, especially with those gun players out. But there was a lot of belief in the group. We still did have Gary Senior in the forward line. That helped. He kicked six. Pickering's been good. This could seal it from 55. Ablett wrestling. Oh. Ablett marking magnificently. He's kicked five. And in the context of this game, six out of 14 if he scores here. He's just an enormous contribution. But he has kicked six. It was a pretty low-scoring game, and he was pretty special. And the Blues had Bradley out, and then they lost Sost during the game, which was his matchup, really. So, yeah. but that was some... a huge upset at the time. Oh, it was, yeah. No, no one expected us to win, and yeah. it's it's one of the fun, most famous, one of the more famous victories for the Cats in the in the recent memory, anyway, because of the fact that the Blues going to the finals, premiership favourites, unexpectedly lose the first week to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Then they come up against us with half our team out, or our better players out, and found a way to win, which was great. You on a collision course in the prelim, but it was a season where you so evenly matched. You you both finished thirteen and nine in the home and away. The Cats were number one uh, offense. North Melbourne was number two offense. So you both knew where the goals were. So on paper, it had the big names, similar credentials. You were perfectly matched going into it, Kingy. Had all the hallmarks of a classic. It was going to be high scoring. Oh, you felt like it was going to be high scoring because both teams wanted to play. And Dennis was direct, absolutely down the corridor, which gave the opposition a chance if if Wayne didn't mark it or one of the big boys, and Craig Scholl, I think, was down there at that stage, and John Longmire and Darren Crocker, those those sorts of guys. So if they didn't mark it, you gave the opposition a chance to go quickly back the other way. And the Cats loved that. That's how we like to play. Blighty was exactly the same. Score more than the opposition, we'll be winning, boys. You know, that was his philosophy. Exciting, though, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. Look, it was an exciting brand of footy to play. Mm. You got opened up, as you just said. You can get opened up the other way, and we did at times. And we did in grand finals a similar way where the defensive team, you know, got rid of, got hold of Geelong's, cut out the attack, and then got us the other way. But it was a red hot game. Gee, that was a hot game. That so, 94 prelim. They talk about now about goal kickers, right? They weren't like they were back then. No. Like, if someone had a day out at full forward, it was 10. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't three or four. I saw a plugger kick nine and a half on Mick at, um, at yeah. Icon Park. It's now called Icon Park. It's a very small venue when the bloke on your kicking goals. Yeah. You feel like every ball's coming to them. Mm. We, we knew about, obviously, Gary, but you, ha- you had four or five guys that had the potential to kick six in any given game. Yeah, and that's both teams were, were, were chock-a-block full of talent. Uh, and both teams, the strength of both teams was their offense. And their midfields. You know, I don't think either, either defenses were to be scared of. I mean, Mick, terrific player, great matchup for Gary, because Gary was getting towards the end and he was still kicking 120-odd goals or whatever he kicked for the year, but he wanted to wrestle a bit more than he used to. Just 120-odd, and I think he kicked three or so in that game. But yeah, the strength of both teams was mid-forward, mid really. You're listening to This Is Your Journey. It's thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. So, September 24, 1994, North Melbourne and Geelong in a preliminary final they still talk about, and we'll do exactly that right after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. 
Hello, great to have your company on This Is Your Journey, made possible by Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives. We're chatting to Liam Pickering and David King as we revisit one of the game's great finals, the 94 prelim between Geelong and North Melbourne. I wanted to raise with you the media and all the narrative going into this game, guys. So despite the Cats winning both meetings during the home and away, the second one by a point at North, yeah, North traditional home, Princess Park, Kingy, uh, the consensus appeared to be that, you know, North had toughened up significantly on 93, whereas, you know, given the baggage, I suppose, picks the Cats, Cats were seen to be a bit suspect under finals pressure, and so the Kangas went in as narrow favourites. Can you remember the mood going into the game, though, Pickers? Was there anxiety given the recent history or no, not? No, no anxiety. There, there was, it's funny that because there were players from each team that had played for each team, I mean, you know, funny that the North Melbourne Geelong games were always good because, you know, they were obviously hard, tough games because they were both really good teams, but there was a bit of spirit. There was never really much dirty stuff between the two teams, but there was, it was game on, but we all knew each other. I mean, for me and for Lee Tudor in particular and Timmy McGrath, I mean, we had a lot of our mates we were playing against, so yeah. we relished the challenge to play against North Melbourne. So there was nerves because it was a preliminary final, and I'd never been to the finals before. This was my first final series. And yeah, so it was just excitement. Excitement to get there on a good day for footy up against a team that didn't want us. So that's how we we approached it. And another another big step and a, and a year of growth for your club, Kingy, at the time, prelim final for the first time. How were, What do you remember of the build-up? Were there different quirks and eccentric sort of players in your dressing room? How did they prepare? I don't really remember, to be honest, but I think any time we got to finals, before you win a, before you actually win a flag, there's tension. This group's so good. You know, Kerry, best player in the land. And I could name six or seven other players. The walk-up um, walk stars in our competition, walk in any team, play fullback, play absolute prime on ball, play major roles, you know. I just remember th- the stress of this club hasn't won a flag for, for a long, long time, and the last one they won, they handed out brown paper bag. This would be the first true premiership for the North Melbourne Football Club, and you, you just felt that pressure. So I, I don't know if you enjoy it as much as what people think. It's more the stress of, you know, my men doesn't kick five and we lose, or you know, there's, there's that personal doubt that creeps mm-hmm. in. I think that was probably more of a driver for us than, than anything. Yeah, we had uh, we went in with a different, I guess, mindset, because to be honest, we it's such a strange final series. Billy's the king of Geelong in the first final. We win after the siren. This is your moment, Billy. You'll go back and belt this straight through the middle. Yes, I'd back him. Well, he's had a rock and rolling season. Down and out and back he comes. Can he finish it off with a goal? Billy, you are king of Geelong. The monkey's off the back, Billy. We then go out the wave. No one expects us to win. We find mm. find a way to, to get over the line against uh, against Carlton, and then we come up against North, who are red hot, week off, ready to go. We're bringing back in five players that didn't play the week before, or four players, or whatever it was. Which was that the right move? Yes, it was, of course, because they were all great players. But it was it was a whole different team that went out the, than the week before, and, and everyone had, like we played in different spots. So I'd played all all game midfield the week before. I didn't get a look at the ball until I think halfway through the second quarter. I was on the half forward flank, I think. Well, so, Kerry had done his he'd done his calf halfway through the previous game against Hawthorne. So he played the second half with a torn calf, and you will remember the overtime period, he went crazy. In the end, I think he kicked four four. But most of that was in overtime against Chris Langford, who was a serious player mm. back in, in the overtime game. So the next two weeks was, is he, is he going to play? Is mm. he going to be right? And you knew you knew he'd play, but what would Wayne what, be able to do? What would he be able to do? And that was, I guess, the, the mystery going into the game. So when you when you 
when you, and we'll talk about it in a moment what he actually did, the, the deeds that he's actually able to contribute, it, it builds the legend even more. Yeah. So there's more to, more than 80,000 in the house. It's absolutely heaving. Dennis Committee drew more foot behind the microphone. First thing that struck me re-watching the game was how far we've come with clash jumpers. Jeepers. Was was there anything in that as play? I couldn't believe how similar they looked on TV, the two strips. I don't know. I played, I don't know how many years oh. of footy. I never once handballed, well, not deliberately handballed at the opposition, but I never had a problem with it. Yeah. White shorts, blue shorts, you know. There's a lot of white in this game. It was, but I don't. I, I'm not a believer in. I think it's easy for the spectators. I get these yeah. that we have different jumpers, but to me, it's a lot of rot. I might have used it as an excuse on occasion. <laughs> oh, we've all <laughs> kicked the ball to the opposition. Well, hang on, hang on. The other thing I noticed is a beautiful spring day, and Kingy's the only one running around with long sleeves on. What was well, that all about? I knew I was going to spend some time on the pine. <laughs> then, I, then I lost a little bit of confidence well, in me from the previous week. <laughs> you started with the bit between the teeth. Though. I went back and watched the opening bounce. You've really? come straight off the wing and gone straight for Paul Couch, and you got. Well, not a cheap shot. One of those blokes, is he? True or false, you desperately wanted to iron someone out. It just so happened that Cash. <laughs> I wasn't in there. Hickering. That's why I got lost. You oh. set your sights on old Couchy. I had to go all the way to half back. Or where'd, they, where'd they find you? Yeah, I, was, I was half forward. So oh. I, I think I, I don't even know who I started. I think yeah, it was, I was Laidley. Say, who was your matchup? I think Laidley. Who was your matchup, Kingy? No, on the wing? No, no, you no. went for Couch. I know that much. But so, that was big in those days. It was, oh, it was get in there as quick as you can. Yeah, if yeah. you can't take the ball, take a body. Yeah, yeah. well, that, that was the old stock standard. I could name. Yeah, half a dozen blokes that just used to try and ping off blokes. So, I know, it was a pretty weak way to do things. No, like, we're standing it wasn't to pick blokes off. It was more Dennis had this thing in his mind. No, I'm not saying you, you doing but things. there were a lot of players that were it trying sounded, to, it sounded like that were trying to no, nah, they were trying to pick off blokes. Uh, we know that. You go all the way back to eighty nine. That's why that's why Yates, like an on baller. <laughs> we're standing there with our eyes looking at the ball and some donkey comes in from the wing with a full head of steam and just bowls you over. It was a, it was a poor man's Yates attempt, to be honest. Oh. Wasn't even. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, What's going on here? McGrath. Well, no matchup was McGrath has Carey who kicks the first two, and we'll get to him in a moment because he has one of the games of the ages. Wayne Carey plays on Corey McKernan out in front of Carey. No mark, but he plays on the skipper. Left footer kicks it under his man for a goal. Quarter time, the Kangas have just unleashed a furious onslaught here. Picks the score lines five nine thirty nine. Gee, they left some goals out there. Your mob are three three twenty one. So it's fourteen scoring shots to six. And Kingy, you only lead by three goals. So I know you can't remember the the quarter time address, but was there? Do you remember anything around wasted chances and perhaps oh. the risk of this coming back to get you? Well, it always haunts, doesn't it? I mean, finals. We still talk about it now. I mean, mm. the ability to to convert's huge, and in, in the end, it ended up costing us a grand final. You now all these opportunities along the way, they scar in the, in their own way. But I guess we the finish to this game, you don't really think of the missed opportunities in the first quarter. You just you probably track towards the, the back end of the game. Yeah, I'll tell you what, there were some bad ones by the North early. Yeah. You should have been six goals in yeah. front. Here's Schwass, right on the siren. That's just about over the goalpost of the high. So North squandered a few chances, but they bombarded the goals in the first quarter and kicked five goals nine in a lightning start. Absolutely. You're, you're just completely outplaying the Cats. I was probably on the bench saying, oh, have a look at these guys. It's not time to make a change of it. <laughs> because, you know, as we said earlier, bloody sides knew only one way pick. So second quarter, it was an absolute Geelong Festivus. Uh, seven goals to zip, 24-point lead. The game completely flips on its wow. head. You helped yourself to one on the run from 55, so you were getting your groove on as well, Picks. Handley recovers, puts one over the top. Pickering goes for a bounce. 55 metres out. Ablett Shepherds, a goal! Turnaround. This has been that six goals to nothing in the second quarter for the Cats. Yeah, well, it was a, it was an interesting game because Steve Owen, Anthony Stevens, and Buddha were matchup. They were the matchup. Steve Owen was everywhere in the first quarter. I don't know how many touches yeah. he had, 
but it would have been well and truly into the double figures. I reckon 13 or 14 touches. And I reckon in the second quarter, Buddha had about the same. And Steve-O had not many. So it's funny when you you look at it, and they were just driving it out of the ball. Yeah, 26 ball kicks, kicks for the game, Steve-O. Which yeah. is a big day back then. I mean, those, in those 26 days. 26 kicks? It's yeah. a massive. You didn't like handball much, though, Steve-O. So there's 200. You see, there you go. Look at the stats. 280 touches for the day. Well, now they get 400. So yeah. 26 kicks back then is it's a it's almost like 40 now. Yeah, it is. You it know, is. If you weight them. But Buddha used to, get, and uh, Steve, I go head to head all the time. Always. Yeah. And he used to say to us, he'd say, look, just watch this guy right before the game. <laughs> he, he'll he'll tackle me, we'll go to the ground, we'll, we'll, we'll look at each other and smile, and somehow he'll still manage to whack me before yes. the time we stand up. That's exactly what he does. And he'd he go bang, and you go, he's done, he got him again. Yeah. The umpire would just say, oh, come on, Gary, move on. He did, and then you help him up. Yeah, help that was his up. other trick. <laughs> he'd give him a whack in the back of the head, or, a, or he'd pinch him, <laughs> and then he'd pick him up. <laughs> and you'd see Steve, Steve with that dopey look on his face, that smile he always had. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was high humor. I had him, I'm not, this is a true story. Yeah, you know, they give you, back then we used to, we had to sit down and do edits with coaches. Like you know, They used to give you a tape and they used to edit up your own game and you'd have to look at it. On my tape alone in one year, if, if it was trial by video back then, Buddha Hocking is suspended for 15 weeks. <laughs> on my tape. Like God knows what his tape looked like. Like in the background, drops a knee into someone. <laughs> Steps on someone's hand. It was hilarious. I reckon Steve-O got belted 30 times a game by Buddha, and because Steve-O just laughed at it. He, he said, just well, why don't you whack him back? Oh, no, if I whack him back, I'll get dragged by Dennis. And, yeah, he just knew he had you. So McGrath has duck, and now Mick Martin has Ablett. Now, he hasn't had a disposal until halfway through the second quarter, Gary Ablett Sr., when he goes from a free kick. Well played. Ablett gets to the front. He'll get a free kick. Then he gets the ball at the back on the goal line, roosting yeah. into the top tier for his second after Mick had flown third man up and the ball spilled out. So I can't imagine the anxiety, you touched on it earlier, King, of playing in a game like this, but then having the assignment of playing on Gary Ablett Senior, who could turn a match in a second. How did, do you remember Mick, how did he approach it mentally, Mick? <laughs> I know what you want me to do. <laughs> Come on. He's got an average of 3.7 goals against me. <laughs> Quarter time I had him goals. I am well clamped and then I gave a stupid free kick downfield. I hope when they give downfield. Um, <laughs> if Pickers is right. He's kicked 120 goals for the year. The one man that was going to beat us was Gary Ablett. All, all roads lead back to there, to that matchup. And Mick, Mick's doing an unbelievable job. So yep. you, it's fueling the fire that, okay, we're scoring at one end. They're not, they're not converting. And we're, clamped, we're clamping the, the best player in, in, in the opposition team. So it, it does go a long way to taking you to a victory. And we laugh about Mick. And we, and we always used to say to the young guys at the first year as it come in, go and ask Mick about the full forwards he's playing on. And it was the same <laughs> spiel every time. Epan Dunstall, 4.2 goals. He's a very good player, Jason. Very fast out of the block. Uh, Tony Modra, you think you got him covered, sits on your head, takes the mark of the year. 3.2 goals. Gary right. Ablett. All right, all right. All right, so that's a big smile. I can smile. do it all day. <laughs> so it's been, a, it's been a crazy first quarter where North, uh, North Melbourne left some goals on the table, five goals, nine. Then it flips seven goal to zip second quarter from Geelong. They lead by four goals at halftime. So a rollicking first half. The Cats have made their move, but it's far from checkmate. So the rollicking second half of the Cats Roos 94 prelim final is up next. You're listening to This Is Your Journey. It's brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funeral Celebrating Lives. You can find them online tobinbrothers.com.au. Back after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives.
You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Hello, we hope you're enjoying this week's edition of This Is Your Journey. Today's guest featured in the dramatic 94 preliminary final between Geelong and North Melbourne, Liam Pickering and David King. So, Kingy, you've blown chances in front of goal. North at halftime are 5-13. You've just copped the seven-goal barrage from the Cats. You're four goals down at halftime. Do you remember anything about halftime? What was Dennis's mood like in these situations? And I imagine, you know, mentally you'd be a bit rattled at this point. We never worried about really being one, two, three goals behind. It sounds ridiculous now because it's a big margin in football in 2022. But back then, it was five minutes of footy. It really was. When you had the, the most potent player in the game at centre-half forward, and he was in genuine one-on-ones. It was McGrath and Carey. There was no alibis. It was just extremely personal. If that happened today, there'd be four blokes hanging off yeah. him. And by the end of the 99 or the 90s, there was four and five guys versus the Essendon games. We go back, you know, th- those sorts of matchups, that gang mentality. But in this game, it was extremely yeah. personal pickers. So whilst it's four goals, it didn't feel like a, a, a great margin. And a centre clearance back then, it's like we've got now yeah. with the 666. A centre clearance with gold. Yeah. You got it in quickly to your forward line. You got the power of Carey at one end and Ablett in the other and Brownless and Longmire for North. You know I mean? They can score quickly. Carey kicked four goals in the third quarter alone. He was the definition of unstoppable. You're right. He was left one-on-one. He marked everything that came his way. Out of position, from yeah. the side, from the back, from the front. He took 14 marks across the court and he had 25 possessions in the game. It was a ridiculous game. 35 metres out, pulls it back towards Carey and McGrath. Oh, what a mark. Turns round and kicks the goal. Unbelievable. He did that to us more than one occasion, don't worry. But Blue McGrath didn't, it's ridiculous it sounds it. He didn't do that much wrong. No. He just got outplayed by a better player on the day. I mean, it's not like he was giving him a leg rape at 30 metres. He was right there every time the ball went to him. He just happened to be too good on the day. Stevens inside the 50 carry. This is something special by Wayne Carey. But it, it's goal for goal mayhem in the third quarter, though. Seriously, right. unbelievable. It was tough, but it was open at the same time. So six for North, five for Geelong. Pickers drills another one, this time to the punt road end. Didn't get too carried away with the celebration, though, which was celebrator. disappointing. You weren't a big celebrator. Uh, minimal celebrator, which was disappointing. Cause it was a he celebrates more goal. now than what he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez, I have a celebrate these days. Like Jingo, I do. It's called living in the, living in the past, man. <laughs> so Geelong have absorbed a lot, but the, in, the, in the last quarter, the cracks, are just starting to appear a bit. Now, North kicked the first three goals of the last quarter. It's just relentless attacking football, it must be said. And the forward thrust just keep coming, but so do the misses, Kingy. They, mm. You miss some sit- Stevens was amazing, but he missed a sitter in the last. Hawking had to wait, though. Opportunity for Stevens. Stevens 25 metres out. He's missed. He has missed. Of 18. Um, Fruity Allison missed a soda, too, on the run from must have been 20 metres out directly in front. These are the misses again that just continued to plague you during the game. Yeah, and I think it's the same as what we're talking about with the matchups. You know, Mick's doing such, such a great job and it's fueling our fire. And the misses, I think, were just keeping Geelong and their hopes. Okay, they're not putting us away, or they're, mm. they're not they're not getting a gap on us, so we're still in this. But again, I know we're harping on the same sort of stuff because every matchup was personal. Every contest for the second half feels like oh, if you lose this one, we're going to lose the game. You know, for sixty contests in a row. So every every moment 
meant something. It, it's not really the case with, with footy now, but that's why I think it was so high-scoring and so free-flowing. And uh, then, as a player, as a Geelong player, when, in that last quarter, it just didn't feel like we could get it anywhere near past the centre, let alone get it into our forward line. Yeah. It just got, especially in the back half of the last quarter, it was just so impenetrable. They were all over you. Yeah. Oh, they were everywhere. It was Archer and Peter Mann and these guys just repelling every time yeah. we tried to get it in there. Then Horse Longmire, it's up by one point, Kingy, with 5.23 left. Just five points the difference and under six minutes left. Just marked a rock, a straight kick and they're in front. Rock's kick is marked in the goal square by Lombard. Oh boy, Geelong led by five goals in the third quarter. North Melbourne have hit the front. And Drew Morfitt famously says... Oh, and you'd like North now, wouldn't you, Wheels? yourself down there, Drew. No, it was. Uh, it does feel like that when you you know you just have to find yourself getting back in front. You know, and you get in front, and you think, oh, we'll go away with it now. So I think we would we mm. were feeling that as players yes. that once we once we put a string of goals together, that was it. And once Carey was on song, we were a different team because we knew they had to worry about okay, do they move McGrath? And even even a guy like Blue McGrath, be thinking, geez, I probably I probably need to be moved. He to mo- use, you know, yeah, he got moved pretty early actually, yeah. and they put they put Lee Colburn on. Colby yep, was that's right. Colby was about 80 kilos. Yeah, and he did his best, but again, too strong the duck. And then they went back to Blue in the last quarter, and he did a couple of really critical things late in the game, I remember, one-on-ones with the duck. So Andrew Wills then, after that horse Longmire goal, he kicks one on the run. Uh, no, he misses on the run, so that ties the scores. So the last 90 seconds are just too many highlights to mention. It's unbelievable. Scores are level. Glen Archer bombs one in the North Melbourne's goal square. Uh, that's when John Barnes takes that unbelievable, probably match-saving mark, you'd have to say. Oh! Day, Doesn't muck around, Pixie. Handballs immediately to Besto. Like, he hadn't even gone back off the mark. Besto's under enormous <laughs> pressure. Do I play on? Here's Couch. That's the way they play, Geelong. Here they go. Just hacks it forward, <laughs> but that's the way Geelong played, and it ended up with Peter Riccardi on that three-bounce run around the Southern Stand wing. Riccardi around the outer side. Listen to the roar. 103 apiece. A minute and ten to go. That's that's Barnsley being Barnsley, and he's a fa- he was a fabulous finals player. Barnsley He doesn't get the credit to how good he was in finals. Jeez, oh. he gets got it. He has, have a look at his finals record; it's damn good. And but that's how he is. That's Barnsley. Only way we were going to get it was someone with leg speed. And there weren't many of us on the ground that had leg speed. Trust me, <laughs> except Peter Riccardi, and he was able to at least get the ball to the wing and at least get it in our front yeah. half. And then we weren't looking like he a, was a fantastic player, Peter Riccardi. Oh, star a lot of, player. A lot of names in this game that you go, wow, he forgot about him. You know, he was a he great was only player. Young yeah. Like, Rico was only in his third year. He got tagged every week. Oh, he was a great player. Yep. He doesn't get the, the credit as a champion of the game that he was. The ball swings forward to Geelong's end, which in the last quarter was the city end of the MCG. Now, it's in there. Mick Martin, it's a hack clearance with 18 seconds left, and that man, Lee Colbert, marked it. He's 65 metres out. He kicks an unbelievable pass, whether intentional or otherwise, to John Barnes, who drops for that unbelievable mark he took at the other end, drops the absolute pud in front of goal. Colbert. And then the composure from Lee Tudor, whose left foot mongrel floater floats, you'd have to say, centimetres over Mick Martin's outstretched hand, and the hand of God comes up. Gary Abbott plucks it one-handed. Right on the boundary line, Tudor. Seconds. Yeah, it's, we've seen that kick so many times. I, I don't know how you get a ball to dip and rise. Couldn't like do it, it again <laughs> like that. <laughs> it almost teased him into coming forward to it and then over the top. 
than straight to Gary's hands. It, it was always you know, that constant threat in the right spot, right time. I think Mick had kept him to two goals for the day at that stage. Yep, is that right? That's right. Which is unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about 120 goals for the year. So it, the whole oxygen out of the MCG for us and our fans, it just zoom. Do you remember where you were, Kingy, when yeah, that happened? I was on the pine. I'd spent most of the day on the pine. <laughs> don't know why I asked. Uh, um, no, but I, I do remember thinking, oh, this is you – know, it, wasn't, it wasn't just that moment. Like Pickers was saying before, there was about a dozen – Efforts or things that you really don't speak about oh, now that amazing. had such a, an impact on that last thirty seconds. So it wasn't just the one, the one action. The one thing I will say is Lee Tudor, even though it looks like a bit of a monk, did one early in the game and squared a ball similarly at the other end of the ground to Paul Couch for a goal. And the week before he'd, he'd done it as well against Carlton. So he was a very unselfish forward, clean mm. on the pickup, very clean, very quick, hard matchup. I think poor Rossi Smith had to try and go with him, and Jack Jack didn't quite have the leg speed to go with Lurker. It would be fair to say because Jack has. Coming to the end, Rossi Smith and and Lurkers, you know, super quick. But it was not that Jack had anything wrong, but it was just a brilliant squared kick by by Lee. But and yeah, you're right, floated over probably Mick's head, and yeah, we all remember where we were when that happened. There is no justice in football. That was the look on the face of Michael Martin, the master all day, and this game will be remembered for this kick. Yeah, so so as Gary's walking back to take the kick, the siren goes, and the stands are just shaking at that point. And and Wills is Andrew Wills is right up in his face. Go, oh, that's a siren, that's a siren. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs> do, do you... Willsy's telling. Willsy's telling. <laughs> oh come on, Willsy. Where were you, Pete? I was hugging Lee Tudor just nearby. Yeah, because <laughs> we carpooled it on the way there, and but yeah, we've been great mates since we were kids. Lurker and I, we played all our footy together, and yeah, as in our, our senior footy. And uh, yeah, well, can you believe this? We were just saying, can you believe what's going on here? Because scores were literally out to score. It's 10 metres out. Gary Ablett, five metres out. Any score will do. In the, grand final. the crowd behind in the old Ponsford it was unbelievable. But at that stage, you felt the winner of this game was going to win the flag. In in our opinion, yeah, you know, and you're blinded. You you you're clearly you're investing in your own team's performance. But we thought Geelong were the biggest threat to the Kangaroos that year. And and other people have their own opinions. That's fine. But when you're in that situation, you think, oh, this is this is this is the grand final to us. We felt if we got there, we'd win it. But the hardest part's getting there, obviously. So this was just this just ripped the heart out of the. Well, how about that? Ablett was the man of the moment. Right at the end to clinch the game for Geelong. Incredible stuff. Geelong win by six points. Yeah, hindsight, we go out and get our heads kicked in the next week. Mm. And North would have been a much better opponent for West Coast. Why do you say that? Because we were at the end of a run. Yeah, we had three really tough finals. Like an after the siren final, one where we win against the odds, and then a prelim, which was a, it was a pretty tough, it was a tough game. Well, not a pretty tough game. It was the most tough. It was the toughest game I've played in that North Melbourne prelim. So you get to the grand final again, your adrenaline carries you through to the start of the match. It probably gets you to quarter time until the opposition put a couple on you in the second quarter, and then the legs start to get a bit heavy. And yeah, and they're running on top of the ground, the West Coast, and just ran all over us. But North would have been a fresher team, had the week off the week earlier. They would have been a clearly a better matchup. If the, duck, if the duck had been able to get through, which he would have yeah. with his calf, yeah, that would have been a it would have been a better game than what we put up. Cut the six pots down to four in the post match, and yeah. he'd be right for the next week. But <laughs> I remember the Mad Monday. So the Mad Monday is a different, different discussions altogether. Before you get to that, I want to do the Mad Monday, but we might just save it in the last oh, season. We just need to get a break, and then we'll do the post mortem <laughs> after this. So uh, we're talking to David King and Liam Pickering. You know the voices, and you're listening to this is your journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. We'll be right back with the aftermath. Right after this. You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. 
You're listening to This Is Your Journey with Sam Edmund. For Tobin Brothers Funerals, visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. It's been great to have your company here on This Is Your Journey. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Liam Pickering and David King have been our guests today for a look back at the 1994 preliminary final between North Melbourne and Geelong. Just when Gary Ablett goes back to take that shot, Dennis Committee in commentary says, there's no justice in football. Now, that was Ablett's third goal. It only had four touches to that stage. One mark as well. I mentioned two goals, one from a free, one from an out-the-back crumb. So you mentioned it ripped the heart out of the place, mm. Kingy. Do you remember much of the aftermath of this game? Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember. I always remember the emotion of your season always finished with a loss. That's how I always felt. And that's why when you win a grand final, you go, this is weird. <laughs> the year's over on a win? Like, how does that it's hard to, it's a surreal feeling. So it's always someone that stopped us. You know, it was always St Kilda that stopped us or Geelong stopped us or you know, name your team. And there's always reasons. This was a great game with with a moment at the end, a moment of madness at the end. So a, a little bit different. But like I said, you had the best player in the country. He only played, he missed a bit of footy that year through suspension. So he missed four or five games with suspension. But he still kicked 60 plus goals as a centre-half forward. You had Longmire, Swass, Archer, mm. all these, Anthony Rock, all serious level, you know, high-level footballers and you couldn't win a flag. So it was soul-destroying, really, that she couldn't get the chocolates with this lineup. Is that iconic image of Mick on bended knee at the end there on the mark, or he just he, he was just on his haunches basically? And you're in the rooms, the old Southern Stand rooms back in the day too, under the uh, yeah yeah under the Southern Stand. I, I wanted to ask you about the free kick count, which I had to do a double oh, take hello. on the free Hang kick. On. Count. Uh, what have we, 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 we found we a discrepancy? What <laughs> North favourite again? Just a small discrepancy. Were we robbed thirty-three twelve Geelong's way. Thirty-three twelve. Oh, what happens when you go in first oh, yeah. for the ball? It's an amazing number. You get in first, they give you the freeze. <laughs> go back and watch it. How many late? How many late last quarter style? <laughs> I don't know the breakdown. I couldn't get it's over it. A lot that. of free kicks in a game. Yeah, sometimes hey, the footy god smile. And, and oh, oh, Peter Carey. That'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be right. Umpire 205, Peter Carey. It was pre champion data, so you won't get the breakdown either. You'll have to go back and watch yeah, it. I'll so... give you the breakdown during the week. I'll go back and watch it. <laughs> the inside 50 is another set, uh, amazing set of number on the inside 50s. Well, were they? Seven. 72 North Melbourne had. Geelong had 45. 72? 72 inside 50s in a game. It did seem to live in your forward line. Oh, I think it, that gives you an idea of how we wanted to play. Yeah. <laughs> Just get it in. And what are, so how many goals did we kick from 45 entries? So you've had 72 entries uh, and North Melbourne have kicked 14 goals, 19 from their 72 33 entries. 33 shots. From the Cats, forward. amazingly efficient. 16-13 from 45 yeah. entries. Surprising Bang. that he left me on the bench so long when you look at how poor the back line was <laughs> upon reflection. <laughs> Gee, they leaked. Oh, get Smith out of there. <laughs> that's a, that is Ladley a, out. That's just the planets aligning perfectly, though, isn't it? Well, you've got to have a bit of luck to win a final when it's a game like that, and that's obviously what we had on that day. And I mentioned Wayne Carey's game, so just the full the full number, set of numbers for him. Six goals, four, 24 disposals. He had and 14 marks. I don't know how many of the 14 were contested. I dare say to be so in the I'd double love, figures. This, I've gone after this cause before, and I think it's worth revisiting now the, um, the uh, AFL are stacked with cash. I, I think that they should employ champion data to go back as far as we can with games that are captured and do and do a full package on those games. Now, it might cost $20 million to do 20 years of footy, but I think it's an investment now for us to be able to compare that game of Wayne yeah, Carey yeah. to the game of whoever you want to nominate. In the history of the game, we should be able to compare all players. I oh, know it's 
different eras. But give it a give it a weighting, give it a, re, a proper review. I mean, that game could have been one of the great finals. Fourteen marks. Let's just say, let's just say, eight of them are contested. They would have all well, been inside fifty. There would have been at least eight contested. It came back to Stevens. Boots it down a half forward. What about that? Carey, unstoppable. All that stands or has stood this afternoon between Geelong and a grand final is this man. Oh, that's terrific. I'm not sure the greatest centre-half back in the game could stop that. It's kicked by Fairley, half-back to half-forward. Carey wrestles off McGrath and takes the mark. He, was, he had a bloke on his ginger the whole way, yep. and he was a ginger guy. Yeah, the ginger ginger. <laughs> the ginger Tim on his ginger. <laughs> So, King, you played in, what was it, seven straight prelims, I reckon, at the start of your career, Mm. because you obviously played in a few too, and you both played in grand finals, but is there something about preliminary final weekend? You know, there's there's a lot, it sounds silly to say, because there's a grand final uh, the next week if you get there, and there's a lot to lose there, but there's a lot to lose in a prelim, and it's hard, it must be hard not to think about what can be, and what is, is it hard to stay in the moment for a prelim? Why are they the harder ones to win, do you reckon? I don't know. I mean, I'm two from two with my prelims, so we went 94, 95, won both our prelims, yeah, naught from two in the grand final, Mm. Just let me lay that one, but <laughs> two from two, and they're, they're always great games. I mean, they're traditional teams for a start, they're traditional porter bases. It's always been a great weekend of footy. I love playing in them. You played in seven, Kingy. You would have won yeah. how many of those? Five, four? We won three of, of seven. Yeah, so you yeah. lost in four of them. There you yeah, go. Yeah, so it's, it was they're hard to win because logically they're the best teams in the comp. Sometimes you travel, sometimes you don't. You, you get quality versus quality everywhere. Back in those days, head to head, you know, man on man. That's different now, I understand that. But the prize is, is, is so big. A grand final opportunity to beat one more team, have one more win, and we're all getting tattoos. Like it's, it's you, you can almost touch it. And then when you, if you lose it, it's, it's the end of, it's the end of the season. Then they have the Brownlow night on the Monday night just to yeah. rub salt into the words. Yeah, you got to celebrate all these tosses that go there again. Yeah. Let let you know they're playing the next week, drinking their lemon squash, <laughs> and you want to just smash them. Um, you know, so you, you feel that every year. In some years, I mean, I remember one year Wayne didn't even go to the grand final. Uh, sorry to the Brownlow. He said, no, no, I just can't. I'm not going. I'm not you cop a 10 grand five the, fine these days. He copped a 10. He did those then, yeah. yeah. And he'll tell you off the record, then they wanted him to go to the, the, uh, the Island Series, so they, 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 they just waved suspended it. that one. <laughs> <laughs> they so, waved it. Yeah, so it, 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 the, the next week really hurts you. It really hurts emotionally that you think to you, you know, if I mm. had done this or we had done that or, mm. you know, those little things go through your mind, but long time ago now. Kingy, Hickers, thanks so much for joining us. All right. Good fun. Enjoyed it. And thanks for doing your bit to help produce that incredible game that will obviously never be forgotten. It certainly won a lot of footy fans immediately recall when it comes to this weekend in the footy year. So well done on everything you both achieved and thanks for joining us today. Just cut those bits out with Mick, can you? Because he's a a big man. He still scares me. (laughs) Is he still touchy about it? (laughs) Thanks for joining us also. You've been listening to This Is Your Journey for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. You want to jump online, you can find them at tobinbrothers.com and we'll catch you the next time we celebrate another great sporting journey. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91